I love love hearing these stories. Love hearing stories of God's goodness. Love hearing stories of lives transformed. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Dan, and um, I work for the church, and uh, I'm part of the team that I basically run around like a nutter apparently this morning. Um, and um, I've, I want to share this morning with you a story uh, of some good news. Um, before I do that, though, I wonder if you can tell me who this is. Oh, can you turn the lights off, Andy? Does anyone know who that is? Steve Jobs. Does anyone know what he's doing in this picture? Launching the iPhone. The first iPhone. Does anyone know when he launched the first iPhone? 2007 points to Mark over this... This is Steve Jobs launching the very, very first iPhone in 2007. And I remember when he did it. I remember when he launched the first iPhone. At the time, I had a Nokia brick, like many of us did. The battery, kids, the battery on my phone lasted 10 days. It was amazing. Joseph's mind's blown there. I was like, what? Um, and I remember when, when the iPhone got launched, and, and I remember sitting there thinking, that looks really cool, it looks really funky, but what's the point? How little did I know? <laughs> um, and obviously, I, there's loads of stuff you can read about it, loads of stuff about how on that day when the iPhone was launched, our lives basically changed. Loads of stuff happened as a result of that phone being launched. But... I remember looking at it and thinking, what's the point? Why do I want that? Why would I ever want that? There's no point to it. That is until my boss came into the office with one. And the minute he stood in front of me with his iPhone, I wanted one. (laughs) That's really shiny. It can do not a lot because the app store didn't exist, for example. And you could only send a text message to one person at a time. But I wanted one. Because he had one, and I wanted an iPhone now. And so at our Christmas party, while he's showing other people, and other people are kind of looking at, oh, iPhone, I said to him, when do I get mine? And he said, tomorrow, if you go to the Apple store. Now, I am a man who likes to think about decisions and making purchases. My wife is nodding over here. Maybe I spend way too much time thinking about making purchases. Let me tell you... I did not ask him again. He had said, go and buy one tomorrow, and I did not wait. I did not ask him again. I went out the next day, and I bought an iPhone, and it was great. And I can only send a text message to one person at a time. But it was brilliant, and I had an iPhone, and I remember I'd I'd turn up at places, and I remember going to a a meal with some of the the students and stuff in, in the church, and other people being like, oh, it's an iPhone, it's amazing. And for a while, I felt very very happy that I had the new I had the new toy and it was great until about July that year when Apple released a new iPhone and that iPhone did stuff that my iPhone didn't do and suddenly I wanted that iPhone and people I knew had that iPhone and I didn't now I didn't buy that iPhone I bought the next iPhone and then another iPhone after that but the point is that I got drawn in. I want the next thing. I want the next thing. I want the next thing. Do you know, there is a desire in us to always want more. There's a desire in us to always want the next thing. We spend our lives following that desire. We spend our lives following after the next thing. It's ingrained in our culture, isn't it? We have advertising. We have 
social media is all designed around making you want the next thing. Apple and a couple of other manufacturers recently got found out because they were slowing down old devices to make you want the next one. Ooh, that was controversial. Little murmurs going on. It's ingrained in our culture. I want the next thing. The thing is, though, whether it's a desire for the latest tech, I quite like tech, so for me it's the latest tech, whether it's a desire for the latest tech or other stuff in our lives, whether it's a desire for the next job, the next relationship, the next drink, the next hit, whatever it is, there's always a desire within us to want more, to want the next thing. But let me tell you, the thing is, you will never be satisfied. There will always be a new iPhone coming out. Probably till the end of time, there will always be a new iPhone coming out. There will always be something that's better. There will always be someone that's doing better than you, apparently, on social media. I heard something recently, and this isn't in my notes, but I heard something recently that the problem with social media is it basically gives us a perception of, the, of people's ideal worlds. And when we look on social media, there is always someone that looks like they're doing a better job than you are. We will always be striving for the best, for the next, for the next, for the next. And we will never be satisfied with stuff. But there is someone that will satisfy. And this morning I want to tell you about him. His name is Jesus. Jesus was a man who lived 2,000 years ago. He was 100% God and he was 100% man. He was the Son of God, sent from heaven, but he was 100% man, and he had struggles like you and me. He had struggles, he had to have relationships with people, he had desires and wants like you and me, but yet he lived a perfect life. And at the age of 33, he died on a cross. He died on a cross for, for things he hadn't done. He was accused And he died on a cross, and he suffered, and he went through such pain. And on that cross, he took all our pain, all our inadequacies, all our sufferings, all our addictions, all our desires, all our hurts, all our longings. He took them all so that we could be free. And then three days later, he rose again. Three days later, he came out of the grave and he rose again. And he did that to prove that he was who he said he was. We know he was God because he rose again. And he did it to prove that all the stuff he had been saying was true. And because of this, I believe that what he said was true. The things I read in the Bible, which I believe is the word of God, I believe are true because Jesus rose again. This is what it says. There's a couple of verses from the Bible. This is Jesus talking. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And this is from Philippians. This is a guy called Paul talking about Jesus. It says, And this same God who takes care of me 
will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus promises us that when we follow him, he will give us all we need. He will satisfy all our desires. Now this doesn't mean that we get everything you want. I do not have the latest iPhone. It doesn't mean that I get everything I want. But I am satisfied in him. It certainly isn't easy. There are daily choices to make, but we are satisfied. We will be satisfied when we choose to follow him. A couple of years ago, me and my wife, Ruth, were going through a uh, a little time. We were starting to question stuff to do with our jobs, to do our careers. I have spent 25 years pursuing one job. I had spent 15 of those building a business. And I felt unsettled. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. And I was praying and I was chatting to Ruth and chatting to friends. And I felt things were changing for me. And I'd spent 15 years going after the latest part of my job. What could I do to do my job better? And a job opened up here. And I've already said I work for the church. A job opened up here. And I felt the call of God. I felt God say to me to take that job. And as we chatted, as Mary chatted, we realised that, that also, as, as I was to take that, there were opportunities for Ruth that she could step into with her career. But it meant a massive shift for us as a family. It meant a massive shift, a massive change in what I was going after. I took the job on the 26th of February. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Three weeks later... COVID hit, and the industry that I was working in was destroyed, decimated. I have friends that didn't earn any money for 20 months. If I hadn't taken the job here, we probably wouldn't be here now. We wouldn't have been able to pay our rent. We would have had to get rid of our car. We'd have probably had to move down south, live with my parents. We would have been in debt. We probably would have been calling upon cap. That's how real it was. But because in those moments in November and December two years ago, we made a decision to follow God. We got through and God blessed us. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I just want to give you that as just an example of our life that's been transformed. Just a simple decision of following Jesus in that moment. So the question is this morning, will you follow Jesus? It's not easy. You have to lay things down. For me, it meant laying down a massive career that I'd built in those moments. There's other things that we've, decisions we've made, other people in this room have made over the years, decisions to live places, decisions to do things, decisions to not do things. It costs to follow Jesus. But when you do, when you go after him, when you decide to follow Jesus, you will be satisfied. So we're just going to spend a moment in the quiet. Mark's going to play just before we move on we're going to hear an amazing story in a minute but just before that happens we're just going to spend a moment just before 
God in the quiet and just consider for yourself who will you follow? Will you follow the stuff, the things, the pursuit of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? Or will you come and follow Jesus?